Hello, everybody, and welcome to season two of Unsportsmanlike Commentary. This is DC Mello, and I'm joined by Tyler. Tyler, it's been a while. Buddy, it's good to be back. It's yeah. good. We are, there's preseason football going on right now. Mm-hmm. We're, we're in, we're in the last week of the preseason. We got one more week after that until the regular season kicks off. Man, it's, it's the best time of year, bud. It is. Yeah. And I'm very excited to be sitting here and getting ready to talk some fucking football, man. Yeah. And uh, this weekend we have right around the corner, our own fantasy football league uh, draft coming up. And as kind of like a special uh, thing for everyone uh, who listens to our podcast, we're going to actually do a live cast on that. So you guys can tune in and see how me and Tyler build our teams live and the reactions to the heartbreaks when we inevitably don't get the guys that we really want. So just, just buyer beware if you're not a fan of the C word. That's it's probably gonna get flung around a lot <laughs> on draft night, man. Because uh, um, always pretty dirty, but like it gets extra bad on the draft night. <laughs> oh, it, it, it's gonna it's gonna get bad. <laughs> I made a trade uh, a couple days ago where I traded a, a, a like. More or less, I'm just swapping picks with a couple with a guy, and I have a couple of picks now where I'm I was picking behind him, and now I'm picking in front of him. And I really just I don't really care what I even pick. I just want to pick the guy that he wants. Like I don't know why. That's just kind of <laughs> that's just the spirit of a uh, fantasy football draft, especially in the yeah. league that's been going on for years and then has money involved. And money on the line, bro. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. But today we are here to talk to everyone about uh we're going to take a look at each division try to predict the division winners um we're going to also take a look at who are the serious uh super bowl contenders regardless of division and we will try to also make a super bowl prediction and on the fantasy side we will leave you guys each with a nugget of who we think is one player uh that you should draft that will help get you uh your your title in your own fantasy league and when I say that, I mean, we're going to talk about a guy who we're going to pick guys who are uh, an ADP of 20 or later, meaning that guys that you will actually have a legitimate shot at draft. So without further ado, let's get into this. Um, let's start. Let's start on the West Coast, NFC West. And I want to start this one. Let's get this one out of the way because it was, I think, this one and uh, the NFC East are the two hardest for me to predict who's going to win for very opposite reasons. But uh, these, these, this one's a tough one. So, okay, you're, you're, you, you, we're leading into this with the, the toughest division in football. I think so, yes. If not the toughest, uh, then a top two. But, yeah, I think so. I, I, would, I would have it. I don't really – personally, I don't believe it's even close to have a top two. Like, this – You've got a you've got a division that was already you, you take it back to last year. Mm-hmm. Going into last year, you had Russell Wilson, who is always going to be a problem. You've got the Rams, who typically stay relevant, especially as of late. And they got Matthew Stafford, right? And but that's what I'm leading into, right? And then you had going into last season, you had the you had you had the reigning NFC champions coming out of that division plus the Cardinals who like are trying to figure their shit out with Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. They're always a potential threat to either be a boom or bust. Yeah. And they got JJ Watt now there too. 
Okay, see, but that, okay. If ever, I'm basing my predictions off of every team staying solely healthy as of right now sure. through the season. Sure. If that happens, Arizona is finishing last in that division. That's, because it's tough to say it's such a stacked division and but Arizona is such a wild card of a team because they're inconsistent, but when they're good, they can be really good because Kyler it comes down to Kyler Murray, but I, I do think their consistency is ultimately what kind of bites them in the ass. And the, the, the big, the big free agent pieces they added being JJ Watt and AJ green. Mm-hmm. You, they brought in two guys who haven't been healthy in any sort of recent memory. They brought in two, like, former greats. Okay, that's awesome. If A.J. Green can suit up for half of the games for you, that's – I would count that as a plus. And if J.J. Watt doesn't fucking tear his goddamn fucking rotator cuff by week three, then, yeah, it's probably also a plus. Yeah. Now, and even, even a half – even even a seventy five percent JJ Watt on the opposite side of Chandler Jones. Yes, that is a very scary edge pair. That's a good pass rush. But with Kyler Murray being so inconsistent, mm-hmm. with it, it, I their running game, in my opinion, got worse because you and I argued all of last year <laughs> how. And, and like we weren't arguing each other. We were arguing for mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds to get more touches. Then Kenyon Drake leaves and goes to the Raiders. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's the Chase Edmonds show now. And what do they do? They sign James Conner. Yeah. I, I, I still think if I, if you had a, if I had to pick which one of those two is going to have the more productive year, I'm still going with Chase Edmonds. How many times did we say that though? How many times did we say, I think this is when Chase Edmonds gets his break and it just didn't fucking happen. I think Chase Edmonds, I I just, I, 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 I truly believe they're going to give James Conner enough of a shot where it's going to eat into enough of, uh, of Chase Edmonds work. So I, I, and I don't want you sitting here thinking that just because we're starting off with my team's division that I'm picking them to win the division because I'm not. Really? I'm not. Who you got? I'm taking the Rams. But I am, and that's why I'm emphasizing the, I'm taking this at face value, everyone healthy throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. Because they got a massive upgrade at quarterback. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Sean McVay is going, and they have such good receiving options and a good uh, coach. Like, yeah, yes, you get Sure. Sean McVay at Matthew Stafford to work with. He made okay. Let, let's not forget the fact that Jared Goff two seasons ago looked like a good quarterback, and that's not because Jared Goff is a good quarterback. It's because of what Sean McVay and that receiving core was able to do for him. Sure. Here's the problem, though. Matthew Stafford, for as long as he stayed in Detroit, built up a very long list of, of an injury plague career. The back is especially scary. And guess what? That O-line in L.A. is their weakness on off. It, well, I'm not going to say it's their strongest weakest anymore because they lost Cam Akers. But 
Matthew Stafford takes one good fucking shot, they're going to go with Sam Wolford yeah, or whatever the fuck that guy's name is. No, like, but that, but that's why I'm, I'm not throwing any hypotheticals out there. I'm not like, I'm taking every team at face value with the roster they have with their projectable starters. That's fair. I've got the Rams winning that division. I do have the 49ers coming in second and being a wild card team. I think that's only fair because I think it's only, I think it's only a matter of Kyle Shanahan's only going to be able to hold himself off so long Mm -hmm. before he throws Trey Lance into this, into the QB one slot. Right. it, It may happen by chance with Garoppolo getting hurt and he doesn't have a choice or it may happen around week eight, nine or 10. And, I want to see what the fuck I drafted mm-hmm. because Kyle Shanahan's never like even back the, the last like raw quarterback prospect he had as an offensive coordinator or as a head coach was RG three and RG three in his rookie year when Kyle Shanahan was his OC one rookie of the year. And there are a lot of similarities in between RG three and Trey Lance. So I would not be surprised cavalcade of fucking quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has taken on through the years, whether it be, you know, turning Matt Ryan into an MVP in Atlanta, taking on Brian Hoyer and Blaine Gabbert when he first took over fucking in San Francisco, and then taking Jimmy Garoppolo and forming that, taking that Mike Shanahan run scheme and turning it into a Super Bowl fucking team with Robert Sala running that defense. I don't think he's going to be able to hold off for, for 17 games. I think it's only a matter of time before Lance hops in there. So I predict their record is somewhere around 11 and six, 10 and seven, but they will be one of the wild card teams. And you're going to look at the NFC. Like when we stack up the playoff teams at the end of this, you look at the NFC as opposed to the AFC, there are six, seven wild card teams in the AFC are much easier outs than the NFC side of it. I think that you could honestly, um, you, you might see a scenario where you have maybe even three teams come out of that. Sure. Um, with, sure. Especially with the expanded playoff format, right? Um, certainly a possibility. I think that uh, I agree with a lot of what you said. And one thing that makes me nervous about the Rams, and you kind of touched on it, right, is, I mean, they already lost Cam Akers. Uh, they have Matthew Stafford, who does have – I mean, okay, let, let's be clear. Matthew Stafford is one of the toughest guys in the league. Mm-hmm. Like he is, 100%. He, he plays through injuries, but he has had some some pretty bad uh, bang-ups, especially with that back. The, 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 the Rams have such a, a talent gap between their starters and their backups, right? Like, it's, it's a bigger gap than most teams have. So they yep. um, do not have the depth necessarily to cover some of these key positions. Um, you know, you look at the running back, you look at the quarterback position, wide receiver, they got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, both great options. And then, you know, they, they actually, they're actually pretty stacked with that position. Um, but everywhere else, you know, it's, you know, Aaron Donald, Jalen, like they have guys that you cannot re- replace. They have guys yep. that are irreplaceable. They're just that good. 100%. And, you know, obviously that's like, that's a good thing to have, to have guys that talented, but at the same time, they really are the most, uh, I think, prone to just taking a nose out of their injuries. Whereas if you look at the sure. Niners, for example, their quarterback goes down, well, then they can actually have the real quarterback they want to, to play go in, right? 
Um, and the Niners have already played through a season of injury and they were still a, like, oh, I wouldn't call it a good season, but they were a, a tough out for how banged up they were and uh, for a good stretch of that last year. So uh, give me the Niners. I think that they have the depth uh, to carry through a full season and they have the experience of playing through injuries most recently, more so than the Rams. And the Rams are already getting hit hard in a couple of positions. So um, I'm, I'm taking the Niners in this one. So for San Francisco, it legitimately, it boils down to, yes, they are, they have, they have outstanding depth and they, they continue to add to it, not only through the draft, but through free agency, they, they stacked up that D line. They stacked up the secondary. Here's, here's where it boils down to with the 49 and it's not just them. It's with just like any other team in the NFL. When as much as me as a 49ers fan, as much as I hate watching Garoppolo throw ducks and throw countless number of interceptions, he's 20, 24 and eight as their starter mm-hmm. and got them. And what I won't say got them, but he was a part of getting them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. When you, you plugged and played Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard behind him, they lost 75% of their games. It comes down to the quarterback play. Who do you have behind you? That's ultimately where I truly believe not only were they looking for to get cheap at quarterback because they have to pay everyone else, but you need to look for someone who can step in and take over for, for Garoppolo when he ultimately, when he goes down, because he's only had one full healthy season and albeit that was the year they got to the Super Bowl, but I'll roll with Jimmy for, I guess, until the wheels fall off at some point or until Shanahan gets fed up. And I'm, I, I'm with Coach Kyle, but I, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Rams. I think they got to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff with that roster. Throw in Matthew Stafford because I completely agree with you. That dude is one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. He is the most talented quarterback in the NFL without a playoff win. Mm-hmm. One without a fucking doubt. Yeah. Um, People don't realize how good Matthew Stafford is. Like the you, you look at the throws that Pat Mahomes makes, right? Like the way he can throw like sidearm, off balance, all that stuff. Matthew Stafford isn't as flashy as Mahomes. He's obviously not as good as Mahomes, but he is one of the few quarterbacks in this league that can truly make those types of throws. True. No, 100%. And I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Rams to win the NFC West. Um, And I, and I completely agree with you. I 100% can see three NFC West teams showing up in the fucking playoffs, but I believe. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think we've spent, Enough time on the West. Yeah, let's, let's go to the East. Let's, let's go to the East. NFC East. Oh, man. Yeah. So from the most to the least, we're in the NFC East. And this division is brutal. It is. It mm. is. You know, the, the NFC West was really hard to pick because of, like, so many stacked teams. And we didn't even give much love to the, the Cardinals um, in, in that segment and, or, the, or the Seahawks. And they're both teams that could very well end up on top. But let's move on to the East. Um all right, I, who 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 do you have coming out of this garbage heap of a mess? Washington. Yeah, uh, and I and agree. it's it's 
and and I'm not going to reiterate it every time, but at face value, everybody healthy. I don't care that the Cowboys have Dak Prescott back. I don't care that the Giants have Saquon Barkley back. The the Washington football team, which I cannot believe we're still calling it that. <laughs> they have they have the best front four in the NFL. Can you imagine being the head of marketing on, on, on the Washington football team? Like, all right, well, I came up with a, a new team name. And two years later, you still haven't. Like, come on, someone over there needs to get fired for, for just well, sniffing on the job. I don't know who's in charge of naming teams, but whoever it is. But I mean, no, like, dude, th- th- I understood it as like a little quick, like put a bandaid on it. Right. We'll go with the football team. But then they had meetings in the offseason and they stuck with the football team. I'm like, oh, OK, somebody's sniffing glue. All right. Yeah. What the fuck is going on over there? Yeah. I don't- um, <laughs> but for as bad as they are naming their teams, they are really good at building a fucking D line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I dude, I. Is there is there a scarier front four? No, they they have the they, they have the number one front four in yeah. the NFL. Yeah. They it's it is absolutely ridiculous, and I can't like. I'm really interested to see how they're going to handle that because in about a year or two they're going to fall into the same predicament that San Francisco fell into after the 2019 season. Right, they, they had. They, they had a D-line full of first-rounders. And then it was like, okay, we have to pick and choose which ones we're going to pay because we can't pay all of them. Right. Yeah. We can't. Oh, we got some we got Sorry. Some Crotch rocket going by. I apologize. <laughs> I am in between residents still. I, that should be the only one. But um, – You never know. I – there's two I, – I, I, I love I love Terry McLaurin. I love Antonio Gibson this year. I love Logan Thomas this year. Um, Do I think Fitz will be good enough to get them a division title? With that, especially with that defense. I mean, come on. If he if he can't do it with them, then. He was never destined to do it with anybody. And he's got he's he does have some really nice offensive weapons to, to work mm-hmm. with. And you know, like you, you get like, look at Terry McGill. Like look at what he has done in his career with just garbage quarterbacks. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he is still a fantasy viable option with nothing. And then you get a guy like Fitzpatrick, who uh, loves to target his number one receivers, right? And oh, Terry McLaurin's gonna have it year he is gonna have it here and um i uh look at antonio gibson as just like uh, so much potential there so much talent we saw him in the second half of the season really take off i think that washington has just enough talent on offense um to uh be able to support to, to support that like the, the amazing defense they have and i think that they can put together a, a winning season nine and seven or sorry, uh, uh, nine and eight, uh, ten and seven type season. So it, you, 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 you've got all of those pieces that were already in place. Mm-hmm. They also add Curtis Samuel in from Carolina. True. Like that's just another weapon that, and Curtis Samuel is 
one of those gadget receivers. You watched him in Carolina the last couple of years. Split him out wide, put him in the slot, throw him in the backfield. Like but what's crazy dude, is all those weapons between Antonio Gibson, who can be a receiver, running back, whatever. Um, you you have uh, Terry McLaurin, who's very versatile as a receiver. You got Curtis Samuel, who's the ultimate gadget receiver. You have a lot of offensive versatility, and uh, you know anyone with uh, any kind of offensive creativity is going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, yeah, I'm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you think? The, I know some people are going to be, you know, listening. This are going to be wanting to jump on that cowboy bandwagon. Why are the Cowboys not going to take this uh, division? Because, for as abysmal as they were on defense last year. They got worse. That is they, that's an impressive feat. They got worse. They now uh, I can't. Oh my god! I can't, I don't. I don't know why I can't remember this kid's name. The linebacker they drafted first round. Uh, this year. Yes, uh, but I'll look that up. I don't. I don't have it on me. I will pull it up as I'm going through this, but. You lose Alden Smith, who, I mean, he wasn't that impactful of a fucking player to begin with for him last year. Right. Um, but, I mean, still, he, he left. He went to Seattle for a D-line that was already shaky at best. Mm-hmm. Um, he leaves for Seattle and then ultimately gets brought up on, on battery charges and then gets released again. Ha, ha, ha. They turn around – their biggest problem lies in the secondary outside of the D line. They bring in Keanu Neal. Okay. I, before I even, before I even go into the players they brought in, let's, they brought in Mike Nolan was their defensive coordinator last year. Mike Nolan got that job because he was friends with Mike McCarthy. That was a, it's not who you are. It's who, you know, type of job. Then they turn around, they bring in Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for Seattle during those years, during the Legion of Boom. And that Legion of Boom fucking run got him his head coaching job in Atlanta, which he ultimately got fired from last year. Mm-hmm. McCarthy brings him in. Okay. And that Atlanta team, let's not kid ourselves. They were, especially under uh, Quinn, were horrible defensively. It's like whatever happened to Legion of Boom, that, that seems to have been – Oh, sure. Even their Super Bowl year, even their Super Bowl year, it was it wasn't the defense. It was the fact that Kyle Shanahan was calling the fucking plays and they were putting up 40 points a game. Mm -hmm. Um, But they turn around, they bring in the the first defensive piece they bring in in free agencies, Keanu Neal, who was a safety. In fucking Atlanta under Dan Quinn. Keanu, Keanu. Neil, yeah, he is a poor man's Jamal Adams, which means he's a linebacker who plays safety. Doesn't he? He's not going to sit back in zone because he's not great in zone. He's not going to get you pass breakups. He's not. He's not going to get you picks. He'll get you a sack or two over the season, but that's it. That was their big key addition. They lost. They also had because they had ever. Oh my god, I'm gonna fuck his name up. Everson Griffith, the 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 defensive end who used to play for Minnesota. They had him last year. Well, guess what? Cowboys didn't rein his ass back in. He's back with Minnesota now. 
I've watched, we've watched this too many times over the last 26, 27 years now. Yeah. This yeah. is not a dude. Yeah, you've you you've you've got Dak Prescott coming off of a, a horrific ankle injury, mm-hmm. and going through training camp, he's dealing with a baseball injury to his fucking throwing shoulder to a quarterback, something that's never been fucking seen. And mind you, their first fucking game is against Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just. Think- <clears throat> And I think I think you you hit it on on the head of the Cowboys. Their defense really is just I don't know. It's going to be in shambles once again. Micah Parsons, Micah Parsons, that's who it is. Yeah, linebacker from Penn State. That dude is a fucking that he was the best defensive player on the fucking board in this first in in, in this year's draft. Right. Cowboys got him. Cowboys will underutilize him. Yeah, probably if history is an indicator. I think in this division, that's the last thing I'm going to say before we move to the next division. Um, but I think in this division, the Giants are a dark horse uh, contender to yep. take it. Just be, and it's not because the Giants are particularly good. It's just that I, I don't know that the, you can trust the Cowboys or the uh, or the football team to run away with it. And um, the Giants have a good enough defense that they can win some ugly games. So, mm-hmm. and that that might be enough. That might be enough. Yeah, I mean, they had a top fifteen defense last year. Mm-hmm. Um, their offense struggled, obviously, yeah. but get Saquon back. They bring in Kenny Galladay. They, they drafted another receiver. They bring in Kyle Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Like th- this, this is Daniel Jones's make or break it year. Like yeah. if you can't make it work with this cast, then you're just not going to be able to fucking make it as a starting quarterback. Right. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, sorry, right. we've done the NFC uh, East. We've done the West. Let's uh, move up north to the. Looking at the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, and then the Lions. Um, looks like I'm sorry, Detroit fans. I don't. <laughs> this could be another season where you guys don't don't even sniff the top spot. Oh man, the, it's got to be tough to be a Detroit Lions fan. Like do, Lions fans, the position, the 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 position you were best at, your highest grade position last year, you got worse at. Through the offseason. And both, but like their best quarterback, and they don't have anyone to replace Galladay. Well, Galladay, nope. that offense, yeah. No. They don't have anyone to replace Marvin Jones, right. let alone Kenny Galladay. Right. Like their wide receiver and quarterback positions got so much worse. Like, how do you, like, anyways, we're, we're talking about who's going to win this division. So, enough about the Lions. It's, not um, them. it's you know, uh, the other three teams, though, you can make a case for any one of them. I, I think the Packers have to be have to be the favorites. Um, but you look at the Vikings, look at the Bears, and they're flawed, but they have good enough talent that you never know. They might surprise, win some games they shouldn't, um, and the Packers might drop some games they shouldn't. You never know how it plays out in football. But give me the Packers. I agree with you. I'm also going with the Packers. Um for the second spot, though, I'm giving the slight edge to the Bears um, only because I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Justin Fields will be – Andy Dalton already got named the week one starter. Right. I think Andy Dalton, he's – there's nothing – he's not going to be able to do enough to please Bears fans. Mm-hmm. 
no matter how good he is, winning games, nothing. I think Justin Fields will be the starting quarterback for the Bears probably between week three and five. And, And Justin Fields was a quarterback, even with the Ohio State stigma of, well, their quarterbacks don't pan out in the NFL and fucking in recent memory and shit like that. Like, I, Justin Fields was a guy that I was sitting there like, if the Niners took him at three, I'm not going to be upset. Smart dude, big body, big arm, high IQ. And he's looked good in the two preseason Mm -hmm. games, albeit I get it. They're preseason. You take that with a grain of salt. Sure. It's better than looking bad. You know, like it's, but what, what the bears have that the Vikings, the Vikings have better offensive weapons. You've got Adam Thielen. You got Justin Jefferson. You lost to Kyle Rudolph. That's fine. That's fine. Irv Smith is, was pretty much producing at the same value that Kyle Rudolph was Mm -hmm. over the, over last season. Um, and then you got Dalvin Cook, but David Montgomery, you can't sleep on after last year. Allen Robinson is a definite number one in the in the NFL. Uh, Daryl Mooney, I think with a with a good quarterback who can hit him in stride, is a great wide receiver too. Um, Jimmy Graham, good red zone threat. Cole Komet, someone who is being, I, I think that dude is going to be a superstar at tight end within the next two to three years. I agree. But what the, the Bears People have forget defense. how long it takes typically for tight ends to break out. Like usually, mm-hmm. you know, they get drafted at the age of 21, 22. And statistically, uh, most tight ends don't have like relevant like fantasy seasons statistically until like age 25. That, that's kind of yeah. when they tend to break mm-hmm. out. So Cole Komet, absolutely a name to keep on your radar. Absolutely. But the, the Bears have a defense. And they got a defense from front to back. Yes, I get it. They lost. They lost Kyle Fuller. He leaves to the Broncos. I got it. But that is still that. What can make, you know, what can make a really average secondary look really, really elite. Um, a good great front four. Yeah. A great front four. And if you've got Khalil Mack coming off the goddamn edge, you're gonna be fine. The one thing the Bears have legitimately, legitimately been missing for, I don't know, 40, 50 years is a competent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I I truly do believe they found that in Justin Fields. I think so. Just a question of it, when will be when will he be ready to, you know, really turn that into a winning team? And um, even if he gets the opportunity early on, I'm not sure that he's necessarily ready. But, you know, time will tell. And I do think he's good. I, I, I got to get the nod to second place to um, the, the Vikings. And the Vikings have one thing the Bears don't, and that's Dalvin Cook. They, they have a, a, a true elite game-changing talent on offense. And um, just in, in every sense that Khalil Mack is that on defense, Dalvin Cook is that kind of impact guy on offense. And since we're taking this on the assumption that everyone's healthy, um, give me, give me Dalvin Cook and Minnesota, um, especially with that offense, um, to eke out a few wins. I think if this is a playoff game, I will take the Bears over the Vikings. But for regular season record, I think the Vikings might eke out one or two more wins. So, anyway, we are. Uh, <laughs> let's look real quick. We'll, uh, we'll, at the Packers, obviously, the you know the thing that you gotta wonder with the Packers is uh, what's gonna happen with Aaron Rodgers and that whole dynamic. Obviously, his relationship with uh, the team has been severely impacted, and 
you know, everyone was anticipating he actually he would get traded or he'd be somewhere else, but here he is, still a Packer. And uh, who knows how that's going to play out, but I do know two things about Aaron Rodgers. One, he plays really well when he's pissed off. Two, he's pissed off. So <laughs> I think that that equates to him having a decent season. And oh, yeah, he's, for the he's, he's petty as fuck. Right. <laughs> All right. Like, you turn around and he in you go back to the the offseason following the 2019 season. He's sitting there prior to the draft like, it'd be really cool if we took a skill position player or something like that. What did they do? They took his quarterback replacement in the first round, and then they took a running back in the second round when they still had Jamal Williams as their RB two and Aaron Jones. Like, and and, <laughs> and what and what did he do? He turned around and threw forty eight touchdowns to five interceptions and was the MVP of the goddamn league. Oh, he's petty as fuck. Right now, um, I will give. I'm like the Packers are the obvious favorite in this division solely because I, I don't think we're going to see another 48 and five from him, but 40 is very realistic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly like, this is, I, I, in my heart of hearts, I believe Aaron Rodgers is out of green Bay after this season. I, mean, I think he's gone. Yeah, he could be. And when he leaves, uh, dark days are coming for Green Bay because Devontae's leaving with him. Yeah. And I don't think there is – I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain. I don't think there is a more formidable duo than Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams. I think that is the best single duo in football. The closest second right now, and it's only a year long, is Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Right. Or maybe um, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Like – but and them, that's and that's yeah. another one that's only a year old. Yeah. Yeah. But that, like Devontae and Rogers have had a couple of years together. Like, right. I and it's not I, so much that like like Josh Allen is really good on his own. Stefan Diggs is really good on his own. And they they kind of like yeah. make it work, right? Like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are not just really good on their own. They also just complement each other and know each other's yep. games so well. Like he, 100%. Aaron Rodgers will throw it to Devontae Adams when he was draped on by defenders and he will know exactly where to put that ball. Um, and that's where you got to give the edge to, to that duo versus, for example, a Josh Allen step on day. Sure, you sure, know. sure. Yeah, and I'm saying that as a Bills fan. Uh, but, I mean, the, the, the Packers – the, the Packers defensively struggle against the run and they've done almost nothing to improve that right. they're they're above average against the pass. But as long as you have an Aaron Rodgers to try and keep putting up points, you're going to win more games than you lose. Right. Now that's how you, that's how you fight a run defense or fight, fight against the run. You don't have a good run defense. It's you, you make them other team have to throw the ball to keep up. Yeah. Give, I'll take, give me the Packers at one. I'll give the bears the nod at two. Okay. Vikings at three, and then the Lions as the worst team in the NFC. I yeah, I I'm down with that. Um, obviously, I I I said Vikings two, Bears three, but you know I think it's going to be close between who's the two and the three in that one. Um, and I'm I'm willing to bet whoever does finish second in that one is probably going to be one of the wild card spots. Um, More than likely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the NFC South, the last NFC division we have to cover here. 
And uh, quite frankly, I don't think there's much to discuss in this one. Um, nope. I mean, the Bucks, right? Like the Bucks. I, I, I mean, obviously, there's no discussion on who's coming out on top. It's right. the Bucks. It's the discussion is going to come from who could potentially battle for a wild card team because there are. Mm -hmm. I mean, realistically, all three of those remaining teams in my mind could have the have the potential to battle for a wild card spot. They're all deeply flawed teams, but they have just enough going for them that they could, you know, those spots could be, you know, overlooked by by some some uh, successes elsewhere. The Saints, I mean, they still have Michael Thomas. Um, Who knows what they're going to do with the quarterback situation, but Sean Payton is a very creative coach. Um, and Jameis, Jameis Winston's a starter. He got named today. Yes. But you, you know, you know, with Sean Payton that Jameis Winston as a starter does not mean he's going to necessarily play, a, you know, anywhere near hundred percent of the snaps. Right. Like with, especially with Taysom Hill still there. I, yeah, I get yeah. that. Um, Falcons. I mean, like, yeah, they got rid of Julio, but it's not like they don't have enough passing options. Like they, they added, they added Kyle Pitts. Right. Like they have awesome passing options. And uh, you know, this guy named Calvin Ridley slappens to be there. Yeah, so. That's right. Um, I mean, if the Falcons defense can fluke together some decent performances, like the, the offense can definitely win, win some games and the Panthers, like, yeah, they, they lost Teddy Bridgewater. They brought in Sam Darnold. Like that's kind of like, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of Sam Darnold, but the Panthers, lost McCaffrey last year and were still able to like be competitive despite not having the best record. They were competitive in a lot of games last year where it was close and came down to like one, one final drive. Um, the Panthers might be able to put together something surprising when they have a McCaffrey that can consistently get your first downs and move the ball. So let's close out the NFC conversation mm-hmm. with this. You've got the remaining, those, Outside of the Bucks, you've got the other three teams in the NFC South. Yeah. If you had to pick one right now with the standing roster, everyone healthy, as to who could, who you could see making that wild card push, who would you pick and why? So this one's going to be a little, a little bit of a surprise, but I'm going to take the team with the best player, best individual player on the roster. And that we're going to end up agreeing the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. Yep. I mean, if, if we can, you know, again, I, I don't, who knows if he's going to be able to stay healthy, but you know, it's preseason. <laughs> no one knows. Uh, all I know is he's the best player left in that division uh, out of those three teams. And, and he is in such a pivotal position at running back where he can move the ball. Like I said, he can get you first downs. That is so important. That, that is game management. That is being able to make comebacks. Being able to get first downs is like the, the key to managing games. And you have the best running back in the game to do that. I completely agree with you. Like I, I'm picking the Panthers, the Panthers out of those three, not just because of McCaffrey. I am much more higher on Sam Darnold than you are, obviously. And I was last year. Mm-hmm. I think it, it, dude, the, the kid is still like 23, 24 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He got drafted by the Jets, and the Jets were ran by Adam Gase. Yeah. He got thrown into a complete shitstorm. They yeah. did not the, the Jets didn't win a single game in his four or three or four years as a starter there. They didn't zero. They won no games without him. Now, they didn't win many with him. Right. But, but that's not that's, <laughs> that's not entirely his fault. That just and 
Team he's get, he gets to he's still young. He's yeah, still yeah. he he gets to inherit a decent offensive line. Mm-hmm. He gets one of the best running backs in football. He gets Robbie Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he loses Curtis Samuel, but they've still got good receiving options behind Robbie Anderson. And to their credit, they Carolina after Luke Keekley fucking kind of up and retired out of nowhere. They are slowly trying to they're slowly starting to rebuild that defense. So if I like just like you, if I had to pick one that I thought was going to, that would make the push. I think it's them because I don't trust Jameis Winston to not turn the ball over. And I don't, I, in the same breath, I don't trust Taysom Hill as the full-time starter. Yeah. And I mean, Atlanta. trust the Falcons defense. You can't trust that. No. Defense. So. (laughs) No, they, they lost Pete. It's just like Dallas. They lost important pieces. Well, some like, you already had a bad defense and you lost somewhat okay pieces to your bad defense mm-hmm. and you didn't do anything to add to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I agree completely. And uh, I also got the Panthers. If there's a team that's going to get a wild card spot coming out of the NFC South, I, I think it's going to be the Panthers. Now, I think a lot of people are going to go with like the saints with this one, but I, I don't as talented as, as many talented players as they all have that they're they're replacing Drew Brees. And that is a that is a taller, that is a big ask. So well if uh, if you're if you're gonna have to do it, mm-hmm. if you're gonna have to try and make a playoff team out of a team that you're replacing Drew Brees with, mind you, this is the same team that went five and zero without him. True. With Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback. Yeah. Like they have, you've got an Alvin Kamara. You have a Michael Thomas who, I mean, mind you, he's, he's going to miss probably reported. It's reported that he's going to miss up to the first six weeks of the regular season. They and don't have last year when he got hurt, it was supposed to be like a one or two week thing and it lingered. Um, yep. I don't have a whole year. lot of confidence in Michael Thomas coming back and uh, coming back in a in fast time. He's not the guy that's like, He's out for six weeks, and then four weeks later, he's out there, right? Like, he's not that guy. He's the guy that he's out yep. six weeks, and you're lucky he comes back. You're not that fucking guy, pal. Yeah. You're not that fucking guy. Yeah. So, all right. I think we, we can wrap up the NFC. Let's move to the, to the AFC. Uh, we started where? We started in the uh, NFC West, so let's start in the AFC West. And, uh, again, this one I think is probably the easiest one to pick. I mean <laughs> – is there a no. team in the past three years than, than the Chiefs? I mean, no, I, I'm not going to say it's not the easiest to pick because, yes, the Chiefs are winning that division 100%. Right. Um, but I'm not going to say it's the easiest pick to pick based on the competition they have going up against them mm-hmm. because we'll get into the AFC South later. Yeah. But – Look, I'm going to say this real quick about the AFC West. The Chiefs are clear favorites. They're going to take that division. But uh, the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos last year, no one respected. No one thought it was going to be any good. And I think that all three teams have a case for being decent, um, with the Chargers more so than the others. But I think that um, you have a, a, a division that's deceptively deep. I'm going to say they're deceptively deep. They're not as bad as I think everyone thinks AFC West in general is, or how they have been 
in the past few years, aside from the Chiefs? So I'll, I'll give you my breakdown as to where I think the AFC West is going to rank. Chiefs, obviously, number one. Chargers, number two. Broncos, number three. Raiders, number four. The Broncos, outside of just being caught left and right with defensive injuries last year, mm-hmm. they, get, uh, they get Bradley Chubb back. They still have Von Miller. Who Von Miller, I get it. He's old. He's, he's out of his prime. He, but still he's there. still – he is still an above average pass rusher. You add a Kyle Fuller, you lock in a Justin Simmons for uh, on a five-year deal. That, the, that defense is going to be a top. I'm not willing to say top five just because of the teams they have to play twice a year out of that division. I'll say at, at least a top eight defense. Then you get, you look on the offensive side of the ball. You have Teddy Bridgewater, who's been named the starting quarterback for week one. Okay. Their running game, it's not great. Melvin Gordon. Okay, Philip Lindsay left. He's with the Texans now for some fucking reason. Yeah. And there's no real heir apparent behind Gordon, so I guess they're just banking on the fact he'll be healthy. But then you look at his receiving options. Okay, Cortland Sutton went out in the first quarter of week one last year, and he was out the entire year. Cortland Sutton is a mid-range, low – I'm not going to say – he's a low-end wide receiver one in the league. Because when healthy, he's looked really good. Sure. You got Jerry Judy on the other side of him too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got Noah Fant who – Solid, solid tight end. He for, should for how you know he was too. He should be. He should have had that breakout year the last two years, but it just hasn't happened because of inconsistent quarterback play. Yeah. So maybe maybe Teddy Bridgewater is the answer to that. And I don't trust the Raiders. I don't trust John Gruden. I don't. I don't understand the Kenyon Drake signing. I don't understand for a couple of reasons. Yeah. One. You already have an RB1 mm-hmm. who's young. I think he, heading into his third season. Yes, I get like had some injuries last year. Got it. He's your RB1, though. You're bringing in Kenyon Drake, and they paid Kenyon Drake a lot of fucking money to be the RB2. Derek Carr is a top 13 to 12, 11 quarterback in the league. On most I think, weeks, I think fifteen and twenty. I think that's his range. But I mean, outside of, I mean, he, he has Darren Waller, which is great. But do you trust that Raiders team to get into shootouts week in and week out because their defense is not that good? I, I think that the Raiders have a very simple, old school game plan this year. They're going to run the ball. They're going to do play action to the tight ends. And they're going to be play action deep to Henry Rux. Like, that's going to be what their play calls are going to be. They're going to use their tight ends, their one vertical threat. And other than that, they're going to run the ball the other 65, 70% of the time. Like, the, the, sure. other, the, otherwise, uh, and I'm saying that because otherwise, their offseason made literally no sense uh, to do anything other than that. 
I sure hope so because this is the same Raiders team that needed a game-winning clock-expiring touchdown against the Jets last year who yeah. sent an all-out blitz for some fucking reason. The zero like, blitz when you have Henry Yes. Lugg. Yeah. Yeah. When you have Henry like, on the other team, yeah, that is horrible. I I don't I don't trust I, I, I understand the 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 football philosophy and the and going in with a game plan of we gotta run the ball. We have to control the clock. I understand that. John Gruden never really evolved as a play caller from the fucking 80s and 90s. Right. That's what's that's what really sucks. Like you you watch it like, like they're not getting five, six, seven yards a clip on first down. They're getting maybe one or two. Mm-hmm. If if not fucking negative, mm-hmm. and then oh our defense our defense can't stop a fucking nosebleed, so we have to sit back in the cut, and we we now have to fucking bomb the goddamn ball, and we got to be in shootouts every week. You're not doing that against Kansas City. You're not you're not doing that against a healthy LA Chargers who got only better. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, you're not I, I with the defense that the Broncos have. You're not doing that against them either. No. I think the Raiders are going to win probably five or six games, and two of them are going to be against teams they have no business beating. Like that's just the team they are. Because they yeah, show I mean, up and out of out of the blue for a couple of weeks every year, and then like you know that's just like a John Gruden team. I feel like in the new, well, like the new era, John Gruden, old school John Gruden was a bit different. Um, one of their one of their wins will come against the Chiefs or yeah, the Chargers right. for yeah. no reason. Yeah, high on the Chargers. High on the chart. Me too. Like, Me too. Justin Herbert is such a such a good player, and uh, Just, like uh, lo- I love his game. Keenan Allen is such a great compliment. Austin Eckler is such a like dangerous weapon to have out of the backfield, um, and their defense. Like, look, they had some key defensive injuries last year, and yep. uh, they're going to be if they're healthy. That they're going to be a, like an an underrated defense that is going to be able to keep. Let's them just. Let's look away from just from the defense perspective. Justin Herbert shattered so many rookie season records for passing yards, passing touchdowns, mm-hmm. and he did that behind the worst graded offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. They turn around, they get the number one fucking center in the NFL from Green, from Green Bay, uh, Lindsay. I can't remember his first name right now. They turn around, they Take their, uh, I think they were the number 11 pick this last year. They get Austin Slater. They build and they are fucking stacking that O line. Yeah. Okay. They, they are th- what the Chargers are doing, or is exactly what the fucking Bengals should have been doing to oh, stack your O line. Yeah. If you have a good young quarterback, the, the, there is one position you need to build, one, and that's it. And that's, and that is the O line. Like that is the one position you need to build. If you have a good young quarterback and Justin Herbert yeah. is a good, Joe Burrow is a great young quarterback. And yep. you saw what happened when he had no O-line and that could have happened Herbert last year too. Thankfully it didn't, but all we all the Bengals are asking for until they decided to make some serious improvements. To that line is, is, is more of the same, but anyways, we spent enough time uh, on the AFC West. Let's go across the country to the AFC East. Uh, and I mean the bills, right? Like the bills. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it has to be like, yeah. 
the the only team in that division that could really give you some well I, i'm not actually willing to say i'm not willing to say there's only one the dolphins and the patriots could could both be good the the dolphins were the one but the patriots like if mac jones is really the fucking answer and can mm-hmm. give consistent quarterback play yeah. I mean, y'all, the, the Buffalo Bills last year were a red zone fumble away from losing to the Patriots with Cam Newton. So, I mean, they can give you some issues, but I mean, yeah, you've got the Bills have so much going on for them on both sides of the goddamn ball. You've got a top three quarterback, you've got a top three wide receiver. And the depth, your depth behind the wide receiver, but behind Stephon Diggs is so goddamn underrated. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like even break it down to like Ian McKenzie, like dude, he's like your wide receiver four, and that dude would be a wide receiver two on just about any other fucking roster. Yeah. The your your oh your secondary is just stacked. It's just not fair. The best best safety tandem in the league. Yeah, no, I absolutely, I 100% agree with that because you got Micah Hyde and you have, um, oh, fuck, I, I was just talking about this shit two weeks ago. It's not Trey White's a No, it's not, it's not Trey Davis White. He's a corner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a corner. Great. Uh, it, which, which, yeah, which doesn't help my fucking argument. But... Oh, who is it? I, I'm not going to be able to get off the top of my head. Uh, it's uh, Jordan Poyer, right? I think. I believe so. Yeah. But I mean, just you do the secondary stacked. Yeah, it's, you it's have Jordan a, Poyer. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've gotten a uh, you have an above average pass rush, and and your linebacking core is not horrible. Yeah. But I mean, dude, I just, yes, I, I the Bills are going to win that division. I I think the Patriots are going to turn to Mac Jones a lot sooner than most people expect just because cam newton cam newton doesn't fit the new england offensive style no and it's mac jones does yeah Yeah. mac jones i I think mac jones is going to look good in a lot of uh, a lot of splashes throughout the year um but miami i i think will probably take one of the wild card slots this year the patriots will have what have the Patriots done to improve that receiving core? Um, overpay for a bunch of wide receiver threes. Right. They right. fuck. They they got they got no. Uh, they 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 brought in Nelson Aguilar. Mm-hmm. They brought in Kendrick Bourne, mm-hmm. who, look, man, I, I watch. I, I like to watch as much football as fucking possible, but I mean, at the end of the day, I I bleed red and gold. I watched Kendrick Bourne. All Kendrick Bourne fucking did was convert third downs or touchdowns. And if he was wide open when it happened, if it was, if he was running a route and had any type of coverage on him, it, he, he either dropped or completely fucking like missed the fucking ball. Like right. Kendrick Bourne is not a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. He's not so, but fuck they! Oh my god, they stacked up a tight end. Did they stack up a tight end oh ever? Yeah. Holy shit! Oh my god, Johnu and Hunter Henry, Bill Belichick went Man. fucking 
bonkers for the first time in his life. Yeah. Which, okay, so the, the point I'm trying to make is a, a tight end being stacked, and it is. And and Bill Belichick is going to use those tight ends. They still need receivers. And last year, the Patriots were historically bad with their receivers when it came to getting separation in space. Like, it was, like, statistically track, historically bad at getting separation. And at the end of the day, you can only use your tight end so much. If teams know they can leave their, their corners on islands, and that allows them to bring up their safeties and double, double down on, on the tight ends. And that is where you, you might see the New England having success. I think uh, they're going to be a surprise team for the first half of the season and then the disappointing team in the second half of the season because they're, they're a team that is going to be solvable, um, especially when you have receivers that can't make plays and can't, can't get separation. That is, I think, a huge detriment in this game. No, you're right, 100%. And I, I would actually – I would flip that prediction. I think – honestly, I think there will be more of a surprise toward the end of the season because I think they'll get frustrated with fucking Cam four, five, six weeks in, and then, like, Gillette Stadium is just going to be screaming for Mac Jones, and Belichick's hands are going to be fucking tied. Like, all right, get the fuck in there, kid. Right. Um, but I think they'll make enough, uh, they'll make some splashes. Mac Jones will look decent in the second half once he does get the starting nod, because that's, if there's outside of Trevor Lawrence, who's already been named the starter and Zach Wilson, who there's nobody else. I think Mac Jones will flash show. I, I think out of those rookie quarterbacks, he'll show a little bit of the more promise because he'll get that later start. Um, and by the time he takes over, I think it's going to be a little too late for the Patriots to make a playoff push anyways. So, yeah. but I, I mean, was, no, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and make a point. I got one last thing I want to say before we get out of this division. I, I, I think I think I, I've got 100% it's Buffalo taking the division. I think Miami pushes and ends up as a wild card spot. Miami is very intriguing team. I, I, I like that. I like Miami. Um, and I'm going to say this, even though we haven't talked about the Jets, the Jets had out of all the teams. Oh my God. They're, they're the in this single, division. I completely forgot. The Jets had the single best off season. The out of all the teams in that division, because they got rid of Adam Gase. <laughs> well, that is the I mean, best thing you can do for your franchise. <laughs> sure. I get it. Um, and it, I mean, I'm not going to argue with their, their head coaching hire either because he, the head coach they brought in was the, the DC for four years for my team. Yeah. And he drug along uh, Michael LaFleur. Yeah who was brought up in the Shanahan system along with Kyle and Michael Flores. So, I mean, like, are the Jets going to make any noise? No. Is Zach Wilson probably going to be another fucking flash in the pan? Probably. I, I <laughs> He might be the next Sam Darnold who gets his next opportunity somewhere else after he gets away from the fucking Jets. Because at least they don't have Adam Gase. <laughs> I mean, I, you're right. You are right. At least Adam Gase isn't there to blow the. F I, hey, 
was, out, of, out of into good players you know adam gase would fuck that up <laughs> i know out of everything they fucking out of everything they did last year as as bad as they were how could you be so bad that you played yourself out of the number one overall pick that is impressive and that's after zero blitzing on a hell Murray play <laughs> i know <laughs> I know, man. Like you, you dude, thought they had the art of the fuck up down, and then somehow they fucked that up. <laughs> like, dude, that takes skill to be that bad. It does. It really does. Okay. NFC North. Browns, Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals. Um, that's the AFC North. Yeah. That, 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 I'm sorry. If that's not what I said, that's what I meant. AFC North. And um, okay. All right. Do you have the Browns? Are we predicting the Browns to take this? And I'll tell no. you what I think. I'll tell you what I think. No. I agree. I'm not taking the Browns. And it's, look, I, the Browns, when you look at just pure talent across the board, offensive defense, I think you can make the argument are the most stacked team. However, the Browns are going to Brown. And the Ravens are still in that division. No, 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 no. The Browns are not going to Brown. They're going to disappoint. They're going to do good. They're going to be like probably a 10 11 win team. But it's Baker Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's going to Baker Mayfield. (laughs) It's not a Brown's going to Brown, dude. They have the number one offensive line in the league, they have the best running back duo in the league. Even even with Odell being such a disappointment out there, they have a top five receiving core in the league. Mm -hmm. They have a top 10 tight end. Mm -hmm. They have a top five pass rush. Mm -hmm. And with the additions they made through the draft and free agency, they have a top 10 secondary. Mm -hmm. If I Baker Mayfield is going to be the one who fucks this up. Yeah. Baker Mayfield lost to the Jets. Yeah. And I, and I don't care that his top four receivers were on the COVID list. You lost to the Jets. You're not that fucking guy, dude. I'm sorry. It's I I one I I don't for starters I don't like motherfuckers that come in and are just cocky right off the fucking jump. Sure. Here's here's my issue with it. It's that his he he has some really bad games. And he has some actually, like, if you look statistically, he has some great statistical games, okay? Against Hold on. Yeah, hold on. That being said, his great statistical games, if you look at his career path, are the exception and not the rule, right? Like, the rule is he's going to have 220 yards, a touchdown, and two picks. Like, that's the rule. The exception is he's going to have 300 yards and five touchdowns and no picks. Because he does do that every once in a while. Against like, the fucking Bengals, right? Like, like look, I'm not. I'm not saying the deep. Like, uh, what I'm saying is, you can't look at him as any kind of modicum of of consistency whatsoever. So, no. yeah, he's inconsistent as fuck, and he's at the quarterback position. You know what team should have traded for Matthew Stafford? The fucking Browns. No. With that O line, those receiving options, you put Matthew Stafford on the Browns. I'm sorry, they don't. They didn't, dude. They didn't have the money or the draft capital to get him. Sure, like I'm, like yes, I know. In a realistic sense, it's not attainable. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to make a point here. You put Matthew Stafford on the Browns. That is a Super Bowl contending team. 
100%. Yeah, sure. That's all I'm trying to say. And the difference is that quarterback. And Baker Mayfield just is too flawed of a quarterback. And the, the good games that he has are either, like you said, against the great teams or they're just generally the exception. And the, the, the rule really is with him, he's going to have subpar games. And when you have a running game like Nick Chubb and, and um, uh, uh, what's his, oh my God, how am I, Kareem uh, uh, Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Um, when you have a running game, with those two guys and the receiving core that they have, you don't need a great quarterback. You need a quarterback is not going to fuck up. And that is not Baker Mayfield. Nope. You throw, I do. I remember you throwing this hypothetical at me during the 2019 season and it upset me and it took me a while to understand it and accept it. When you said throw Ryan Tannehill, on the 2019 49ers, they're the same team, or if not, have a better record. You throw Ryan Tannehill on the fucking Browns, just give them the trophy. Just give them the trophy. Like, that's it. Ryan Tannehill is the ultimate quarterback to play in a play action quarterback. Absolutely. Like, yeah, just, <laughs> that, would, that would not be fair to the league. Like, I'm, I'm telling you, Cleveland. You got to make right. Oh my God. I even think about that. That is insane. Now I do agree with you. I do. I'm not saying that Cleveland's not going to be a playoff team. I do. I do agree with you. I believe they will be right around that 10, 11 win mark. Mm-hmm. I think this is the year where Lamar is looking to get paid. Yes. Lamar needs to Lamar to get that big Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, type of deal he's got to show it with his arm right and you look at i mean last he, year too look at last year and that is that was i'm calling that his sophomore slump no it wasn't his sophomore year i realized it was his third season but he really only started one full season before that so i'm yeah. counting that season as his true rookie year and last year was kind of his sophomore true sophomore year and that was when he had a slump but that is so normal and it's so normal for, for quarterbacks to come back to to like some kind of like um, average means after that. So I, I'm looking for Lamar Jackson to bounce back that, and I'm sorry, that Ravens defense is never bad. Now, you know what you can always count on since I've known football is the Ravens defense to be good. <laughs> yeah. And that's like 70 years. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> But there's, so there's another fold that plays into it too. I think what will open up the passing game, much like how we make the comparison to Tannehill for, Lamar Jackson, because mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, a lot of times off of play action, if he doesn't see his first read, he's fucking gone. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, with his speed, oh yeah, God, God bless you, go do a, it. He's that, yeah, that's not a diss. I get it, yeah. But his backfield, I feel at least last year was kind of clogged mm-hmm. with you draft a J.K. Dobbins, mm-hmm. but you still have a Mark Ingram, right. and Mark Ingram was a good power back in the league when he was with the fucking saints. Yeah. Mark Ingram held back that offense last year. 100%. So he if took you touches can, away from guys that should have been getting more touches. And if you can have someone in that backfield who can run that, who a defense can expect to run that ball mm-hmm. other than Lamar Jackson, I, that's going to open up a lot more for Lamar. 
in the passing game. It's going to, it's going to alleviate a lot of things for him to where he's not facing six, seven guys in the box. He'll have more fucking snaps where he goes back and he's going only going to see four rushing him and he'll be able to sit and take. Now they didn't necessarily upgrade their wide receiver weapons as much as they should have, but I mean, Hollywood Brown's still good. They brought in Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has had a lot of injury fucking problems through his career. But, I mean, he's a, if you're looking at Sammy Watkins and going, I need you to be a dependable middle-of-the-pack wide receiver, too. That's exactly what he is. And, you know, in, like, week one or two of the season, he's going to erupt for about 160 yards and three touchdowns. And that's sure. Gonna- half his offensive production for the year. <laughs> yep. But then, and he's, he's still got Mark Andrews. Yeah. Like I, I think, and plus they, they still have an, an elite enough of a defense where I believe they will, I believe, I believe they'll split the series against the Browns. They'll go one and one against them. The Browns will get them once. Because the Browns aren't slumps. As much as I like to poke fun at them, and as much as I don't like their fucking quarterback, and I can't wait to watch them overpay him next season, the Browns are still going to win 10, 11 games. Now, are the Browns Super Bowl contenders? Nope. No, they're not. They're a playoff team, but they're not Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. There'll be a first or second round exit, just like they were this last year, because they're going to have to go up against elite talent to get to it. They're, you're not going to face the Bengals in the AFC divisional round. No, and and also, I mean, let's not forget that at the end of the day, when you're in and when you're in the AFC, the road to the playoff goes through Kansas City. Like, <laughs> yep, the road to the Super Bowl goes through Kansas City. Like, there's well, and like barring I, Patrick Mahomes having a season-ending injury. There is no way Kansas City is not playing in, you know, it's not the way you got to go. So the, the Browns aren't beating Kansas City. They're not beating the Bills. Uh, you look and at if, the team, teams there, they're, they're not beating them. I was going to say, if it's not through Kansas City, it's going to be through Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, and those two teams, they are not going to beat. Yeah, they're just too That's, on both sides of the ball. It's just, and, and they are strongest where the Browns are weakest. True. Quarterback. So, all right, um, Steelers, uh, we didn't really talk about them, but, I mean, let's just be real. I don't think anyone's expecting anything big out of ben, Big Ben this year. And the Bengals, I mean, let's, honestly, all I want is Joe Burrow to have a healthy year. That's all I want out of the Bengals. Why can we expect that, though? I mean, we can't, but that's why I want it. The Bengals, the Bengals watched Joe Burrow have his – ACL, MCL, and have ligament lig- ligament damage torn yeah. through his knee. Yeah. Then they turn around and, and it wasn't fucking- like the Dak Prescott injury where Dak Prescott was scrambling to get extra yards. It was he he was just he was behind the line and his offensive line failed him and he got sacked like the thirty thousand time that year. Like yep. it was just that it was exactly what happens when you have a bad O line. And then you turn around and you you don't add any pieces through free agency, mm-hmm. which there were great there were great elite offensive linemen in this free agency especially when you especially when you're the Bengals, you're not paying big money to anybody overbid overbid for linemen mm-hmm. to protect your guy then they turn around in the draft they have the number six pick 
you motherfuckers, Penny Sewell is still on the board. And they draft Jamar Chase. Okay, what is he going to fucking do to fucking protect your goddamn quarterback? Nothing. I'm like, I'm really, I'm legitimately nervous that Joe Burrow's career is going to be court. Yeah. Because of all the fucking injuries he's going to have to sustain by, uh, uh, he, he is going to be the 2020 generations, Matthew Stafford. That's what I'm fucking predicting. He's going to play for a really bad team and a really bad organization that doesn't fucking grab people to fucking help him. And he's just going to collect injuries until he either leaves or he's going to have to fucking retire. No, I mean, you, that might be maybe the best comparison I've heard in a long time. I Yeah, I agree 100%. Let's go to the AFC South. Last division we got to cover here. It's, it's got to be the Titans to lose for this one. Like, um, the, the Titans, okay. What's see, going this on with the Titans at their tight end position, though? That, that, that is the, the million-dollar question. This one's I, I'm not dude. I'm not worried about their tight end position. I'm not. They, they lost Janu. Yeah. And I think Delaney Walker, who missed all last year, he sat out because of COVID. Um, I think he went to the Cardinals, maybe. Yeah, and he was getting old, regardless. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, still, like, yes, you lost a Janu, but they added a Julio and AJ Brown. Right, but I mean, my qu- at AJ Brown. Sorry, they have still, and obviously they have this guy that tends to open up the passing game named Derek Fucking Henry, who is just—I mean—at this point, you gotta look at him as one of the most consistent game-to-game performers you will find at the running back position. See, this is where I'm not—I'm not gonna say this is the Titans to lose. This is the Colts' division to lose. And primarily Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz last year, was, through 12 games, was tied for the NFL in interceptions, mm-hmm. was an absolute fumble machine, mm-hmm. and was the most sacked quarterback through the entire season, just starting 12 games. Now, does all of that fall on him? Absolutely not. No, They're the the Eagles offensive line last year was injured and just completely fucking shattered. They didn't have great weapons around them either, especially the ones they fucking drafted. Jalen Ray, they've had two complete swings and misses on first round wide receivers back to back years. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet Carson Wentz gets Frank Reich back. Frank Reich was the head coach of the Eagles when he had his MVP caliber season before he got fucking hurt. He gets, well, for start, he gets the best right tackle in football in Quentin Nelson. I understand both of them sustained the same injury, but both are on pace to start week one. He gets Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, Marlon Mack, it's he crazy gets, how good they are at running back, right? Like, it's crazy how deep they are at running back. He gets T.Y. Hilton. He gets um, Parrish Campbell. 
he get I, I'm I'm forgetting one and I can't yeah. um it's uh oh my god who is it I know exactly what you're talking about um shoot, I don't remember but oh, it's the, it's the dude who told him to fuck off because he wears no, Pittman that's who Pittman. it is Michael Pittman because he told him to fuck off because he wears 11. He's like, you're not getting this number for me. <laughs> but then that's at the wide receiver position. Then they have Jack Doyle. They're deep at tight end too. Yeah. yeah. Mo, Mo Alley Cox, right? Mo Alley Cox, yeah. um, Eric Ebron. Yeah. Bro, they, and they have a top three fucking defense. It is, it is 110% on Carson Wentz to lose that division. Yeah, you, you made a very good case for the Colts. I, I, uh, I'm still in the Titans camp, and then I just Derrick Henry's too good. He's too good in the regular season, especially. Okay, well, let's be real. He's been fantastic in the playoffs. Like he's had some amazing playoff performances. But like he is the guy that can just grind and grind and grind and get you so many wins just by the fact that he moves the ball. Like you, you, you get, you tan the ball off to Derrick Henry four four times. He's going to get you a first down. Like he, he's gonna, uh, he's gonna wear defenses down and he's going to open up. I mean, Ryan Tannehill has the best job in the league. He has the best NFL quarterback position in the league. You have a good old line. You have a dominant running back and you have amazing wide receiver options. What more did you ask for as a quarterback in this league? Oh, and a well, like uh, maybe a better defense. They could use a better defense. They don't their have sec- their secondary is fucking towards the bottom of the NFL. Their mm-hmm. pass rush generated, I believe, the least amount of sacks in the NFL last year. And they had Jadavian Clowney, who is now a Cleveland Brown. It, the Colts overall. From start from the eleven on offense to the eleven on offense are light years ahead of the fucking Titans. And to your point, Derrick Henry is the maker. One, there is zero argument for that. However, teams have te- there have been teams over the last year or two who have stuffed him and held him to thirty yards. 40 yards in a game after that everything else implodes because then you have to turn around and look at ryan Tannehill and go hey need you to be fucking dan marino he can't do it he can't fucking do it man yeah, those games are so few and nerve between they, they really are the exception and here's the thing too and in, in play like here's how good derrick henry is in the playoffs right where he plays against high caliber teams with high caliber defenses that are game planning to stop Derrick Henry, he can still run for 200 yards. <laughs> that to me is bonkers. So, all right, here's what I propose. This is where we seem to have disagreed the most tonight so far. And that's been on who's going to come out of this division. You got the Colts. I got the Titans. This should be yep. our first bet of the season. First side bet of the season right here. Okay. I'm, I'm fairly, I'm, very, very confident that that that's that's going to be a win for your boy right here. But hold right. on, because well, well, hold on, because I'm actually I'm you you you've mentioned a couple of times how dominant um, Derrick Henry is in the playoffs, and I specifically I I, I just needed the stat line 
That's all. That's all I needed. I needed the stat line in his last playoff game, which came against Baltimore, mm-hmm. to show you, to back my point up that if you stuff him, the Titans are fucked. Eighteen carries, forty yards. Yeah, yeah. Look, and I and, and I remember game he's played in the playoffs. He's had bad playoff outings, but look at his other games. He has had some like huge outings against teams specifically trying to stop them. That includes that includes that same Baltimore Ravens team the year before. Uh, it would no, it, that was it was the same season because I remember that game very vividly. So in the, where, in the playoffs the year before, because remember they saw they upset uh, the Ravens the year prior. You're right. You are right. It was because, all there because yep, you you are right. But at the same time, if Derek okay. You look at the Colts. If they can't get anything done, and 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 this is me, just I'm I, I, Carson Wentz becomes a halfway capable quarterback again. Mm-hmm. I'm putting my faith in all of his receiving options, his O line, and his defense. If fucking if um, God damn it, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor. If their running game, if their running game, if the Colts running game cannot get going, I put more faith in the rest of their team than I do the Titans because Tannehill's not the guy. They yes, they have AJ Brown and they paired him opposite side of Julio now. Great. When was the last time Julio played a full 16 games? Yeah. When? And even even last year, where he played most of the season and was mostly healthy. Calvin Ridley fucking out exceeded him. I'm and let's just not forget that the Titans defense is fucking horrible. Give me the playing concern for the Titans. No question. All right. Well, again, let's just make this our let's just make this our side bet. Let's do because this is once like this is like a season long one, right? Let's do a 12, a 12 round. A 12 round, okay. That's fine. I think that sounds about right. Okay, so we, we've talked about all the division members. Who are the true contenders? All right, let's start in the NFC. Who you got in the NFC as a true contender? True contenders, okay. Yeah. Tampa, like, let's just not even. Absolutely. Yeah, Tampa. Yes. The Rams. Agreed. We're not, we're not going to throw any dark horses in yet. I want to do a dark horse round next. So right now, I'm just true guys that you know legitimately could be there. I can't – I understand that they've lost four straight NFC championship games, but they've been to four. The Packers, they get, they get, they get to the dance. They just, they just stumble at the fucking they finish line. They dance bro. and they shit their pants. That's what they do. It's Yeah. Yeah, but I mean – Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Like, <laughs> that's always dangerous. Like, if all they did was do, like, pass play after pass play after pass play to just that combo, they'd, they'd win every game. Uh, and then they got Aaron Jones. Oh, yeah. Like, the Packers are always in contention as long as they have those two guys. And those are my, those are my three contenders out of the NFC. Okay. Um, no, I don't think I can, I can think of – Anything different? Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. As far as like true, true contenders, not door, not, we're not getting the dark horses yet. True guys. Absolutely. And then I think you look at the uh, AFC and I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you uh, the bills. Yep. I'm going to give you, I mean, obviously the chiefs, like, I don't, I don't like how you put, I, I don't like how you went out of your way to put the bills before the chiefs, but yeah, I do agree with you. No. Okay. Like, Chiefs clear favorites over the Bills. Like let's get that out of the way. Um, and then uh, I'm gonna give you the Ravens too. I agree with that. Um, and I will also. It's I, I actually no. Never mind. Fuck that. I'm I'm not. I'm not throwing. I'll put them in the tier below. Okay. I agree. I I do agree with you. The Ravens, the the the, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Ravens are the clear cuts just merely based off of what they did last season and what they have going into this season on paper. Those are the favorites out of the AFC. 100%. I agree. Now we, let's look at the dark horses. Let's go. Let's, I know I'm skipping back and forth a lot, but let's go back to the NFC. Um, I, I think you're going to like this. The Niners, like if the, they're if not, they're not, Niners they're not a dark enough, horse. They're not a dark horse. I think they are. Dark. No, dark horses are the teams that aren't expected to make the playoffs or make a run, but make it there anyways. Okay, no, I'm not saying dark horse. Like I'm saying, teams that aren't expected necessarily to make the Super Bowl. Right? We're talking Super Bowl here. So there is so you you've got a dark your, horse contender. Yeah. Is that let's just go to the, uh, okay? So whatever your your whatever your definition is for it, what I'm trying to say is, what is the tier below true contender? Whatever we want to call that, I call it dark horse contender. You can call it whatever who you got who is the next tier and i got the niners i think the niners are that okay and I, think, so the, and I think the seahawks too the tier the below nfc west the whole nfc west no the the <laughs> the, the the tier below the top contenders i will throw the 49ers in there i will throw I'm go- I'm only going to put the Seahawks in there because of Russell Wilson, but I'm legitimately dude, I'm I'm waiting. We've watched over the last two seasons where the Seahawks start off so hot mm-hmm. behind Russell Wilson and by week 10 the wheels are falling the fuck off. Yeah. Uh, the- I think that Seattle needs to make needs to understand that its number one receiver is not Tyler Lockett. And I don't know why but they still try to use Tyler Lockett as a number one. And he's just not the weapon that DK Metcalf is. And, and I'm not saying Tyler Lockett's a bad receiver. I think that once they have a true pecking order of one, two, and they understand how to better utilize each guy, um, because the fact of the matter is um, with like one major exception last year, when he had that really bad drop, DK Metcalf is hands down one of the most reliable guys to just throw it up there too. He's huge. He's strong. He's fast. He hustles. He's got good hands. Um, and if you throw a, a, a fucking turnover, he's going to run 99 yards to take a guy down to the one. Like DK Metcalf is an insane animal. And if the Seahawks understand to prioritize using him over Tyler Lockett, I think they could be a very dangerous team. I get, okay. Their receiving options are not the problem. Their running backs are not the problem. True. Their offensive line has been fucking garbage for at l- for over five years. Yeah. Their defense 
ever since that Legion of Boom fucking dissipated, the only viable player they have on defense is, well, uh, well, I can't say that anymore after last season, but like Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. Bobby Wagner's one of the top oh, so linebackers in the league. No doubt. And then, and then they turn around, they did make it a defensive acquisition last year through a trade and then re-signed that same player. They got Carlos Dunlap from, from the Bengals. Great. Was, that's a great acquisition. Mm-hmm. And then uh, fucking overrated, overhyped Jamal Adams. He's still good, though. I mean, yeah. No, he – good – okay. Is he good for, for, for the position he plays? Or is – because he's a free safety. Right. You know where he – and we all know he should be an outside line. Like that's he, ha- he, has, he hasn't had an interception since, since 2018. Yeah. He's not a, and he's not good in coverage either. Well, it's not true. When it comes to tight end coverage, he's actually ranks as one of the best percentage and statistically. When it comes I watched, to tight end coverage, that, that's where he shines. I watched, I jo- I watched uh, in week 17, I watched George Kittle burn his ass up with Nick Mullins throwing him the football. So I, I don't believe no, that like, at all. No. Look, every player who is amazing is going to have the, the statistical exceptions. But when it comes to tight ends, Jamal, Jamal Adams is very solid. But I, I, pers- in coverage, I personally can be he can be a weakness. I personally don't believe Jamal Adams deserve it. I don't think Jamal Adams deserved the money he got paid. Okay. I don't because you're paying him to play free safety, but his best asset to you is blitzing. You can't blitz him every goddamn down. Okay. Any other potential? Outside Sorry. Contenders? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're about <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I just, I mean, I, I, I spent, I spent two months in Romania arguing with a Seahawks fan about his overrated ass team. I was just like, I'm like, I, I'm all right. Uh, okay. Um. Anyone else? We got the Seahawks. We got the Niners. I'm not throwing the Cardinals on that list. I li- I'm that team is overrated. I'm sorry. And, and, and no, like the only other team I could make a case for, uh, not even a case for. It would would be the Panthers, and that was just to be make a little noise in the playoffs, like knock out a team in the wild card round. <laughs> no way. Yeah, no, they're nowhere near that level. I, well, I yeah, think the you, Washington football team would get further in the playoff games. The Washington football team almost beat the Bucks in the fucking divisional round yeah. last year. Yeah, I, like I, I mean, anything can happen. And the Washington football team hits their stride because their defense is that good. They hit their stride. I could see them making a deep run. When am I going to put them on that next tier? I don't think so. But I think the Washington football team, if there's a team in the NFC East that can do damage, it's, it's them. It's them. Okay, give me, your, give, me your, your, give me your AFC teams because I pr- I'm pretty sure that is – the only two that went into that next tier category came from the NFC West. So Yeah, I'll put the Browns in that next tier category. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, who, whoever wins that bet between the, the Colts and the Titans, put them in there. 
You're missing one team too. Let's see here. Your division. You think the Dolphins? Yep. Really? Play a Super I can't see the Dolphins knocking off or having a shot at knocking off a team like the Chiefs. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're on the same level as the Chiefs. I'm saying what I am saying is they're well coached. Right. They have they already had Okay, you you look you look at their offensive weapons from last year. Really good. Yeah, yeah. The, then they Probably added Will, position was then they added the, they added Will Fuller mm-hmm. and um oh my fucking god um it wasn't Jam- Jamar Chase went to the Bengals I Jalen Waddle mm-hmm. so they add two more wide receivers to the goddamn fold. You still have Mike Isecki. Yeah, they're they're running back position, not ideal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but it is what it is. But the, and their defense, their defense was good last year. They found a way to keep Xavier Howard. Yeah. Like I think that if Tua what is able to make that second year fucking jump, absolutely. I could def I could absolutely see Miami making a little noise in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, well, that's fair. You know, you know, a lot does hinge on on a, a quarterback with a lot of potential that still has a lot of room to grow, right? So, mm-hmm. how much room? How much of that room he fills in? I, you're right. I think that could make a big difference. Um, so, who is taking it all? Who is your Super Bowl? First of all, give me the winner of each conference, and then give me your prediction. I, I unfortunately think we are are destined to a Super Bowl rematch. I think it's going to be the Bucks and the Chiefs again. And mind you, I believe it will be the AFC Championship game will be the same. I believe it will be the Bills and the Chiefs again. I do too. I just don't believe. I, I I'm thinking the the, the way. I look at it. I'm looking at how how brutally fucking beaten the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl. That's going to be the fuel to the goddamn fire. They're going to be hungry this year. Yeah. I th- and but I I see Brady repeating again, and I see Brady retiring after this year. That would be a, a great addition to this already fantastic legacy. Look, I, I, it is hard for me to make a logical argument against the Bucks and the Chiefs. Either you, you can make the argument either team deserves to be there, probably will be, sure. There, right? Sure. The statistical probability that two teams that met in the play, in the Super Bowl meet again historically has been very small, right? Like it happened with like the the Cowboys and the Bills back in the nineties. Uh-huh. It's, it's just that's just not a common occurrence, right? And um. I just don't think this game with so many unknowns, so many upsets each week, so so many people that can go down at any given time, it's going to happen. So I'm going to say the Chiefs edge out the Bills because you're right. I think they're too hungry, too determined. Yeah. Chiefs edge out the Bills. I think I think somewhere along the way, Tampa Bay stumbles um, and the Rams are going to come in and pick it in. And it's going to be Rams – and Chiefs, and I'm taking 
the Chiefs. But I love the, the, the idea of Matt Stafford playing for a Super Bowl. So, I, okay. I just love Matt Stafford, man. Like, I, I love to see him, and he's got the sporting cast to do it. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Do I think? Do I think Matt Stafford has the team and the supporting cast to 110% win over the NFC West? Absolutely. That's exactly why I picked them to win, to beat out my own team. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's enough of a cast, especially if everybody's healthy? Fuck no. Dude, the Bucks returned. The Bucks brought back everybody. They brought back everybody, dude. Like, there's I, the, 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 I, and you're right. The statistical part of teams facing each other in the Super Bowl two years in a row. I get it. The stars are somehow aligning for that fucking 44-year-old fuck who's playing quarterback who I cannot wait till he fucking retires. It's amazing. It's amazing. But I, I'm, I, that's the only way I can see his career ending. I don't see his career ending in the way like, like Joe Montana's did where Joe Montana got fucking pushed out of San Francisco for Steve Young. And he went down to Kansas City, took Kansas City to an AFC championship game and lost and then retired. Brady has to go out on top. And that team, front to back, you want to talk about depth, motherfucker. That team is stacked. And every position. Everywhere, every position. They do not. They do not have their weakest position. I could argue would be like a placeholder. You know where they're not stacked. In the one position where they have a forty-four-year-old starter. Well, true. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you say the same thing for the Rams. You know, I look. You can make a very strong case for the Bucks, and it's going to be a thousand percent correct. Like they very they they are clear Super Bowl contenders, no question about it. Um, I'm just going off statistics here and saying it's uh, highly unlikely that the same two teams meet again. Um, something this season is going to happen. Someone's going to go down. Something, and uh, give me give me the Rams. If you now, if you want me to make a petty pick. As to who I would like to see win the Super Bowl, yeah. Oh, I'd love to see Aaron Rodgers win it in Green Bay and then fucking leave. Oh, that would make me so fucking happy, dude. Like, just like, oh yeah, you drafted my replacement. Well, I'm just gonna be the MVP of the league and take you to another NFC Championship game. Oh, you're doubting my abilities. Okay, well, I'm not only gonna get us to the Super Bowl, I'm gonna win it, and then I'm fucking leaving. Enjoy. Like, there has been. The the quarter like, and dude, one of my soldiers in my squad is a Packers fan, and I had this argument with him all the time. I'm like, the only other type of quarterback handoff that was elite as the Favre to Rodgers was the Montana to Steve Young, dude. I'm like, I look at him; he's like 24 years old. I'm like, 
in your entire life, you've never had a bad team. Yeah. You've never had a bad team. It's coming. It's coming. And it's coming the second he fucking leaves because Jordan Love is not your savior. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he is not. So we need to switch gears here. We both agree the Chiefs this, this year, the Chiefs. Yes. Um, we need to switch gears and uh, look at some fantasy stuff now. And uh, what Tyler and I are going to do is we're going to take the each we're looking at each position and we're going to say, all right, who can you realistically draft? And when we say realistically, we mean an ADP of about 20, you know, roughly like start of the third round or lower, right? So a guy that you will have a, an opportunity if you really want to take to take at some point in your draft. And uh, we're going to look at one player. We're going to make one recommendation for each position. This is to help get you uh, to your league's title in your league. So uh, let's start at, I mean, we got to start at the quarterback position, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So Tyler, who you got? Well, what's going to be the pick that makes the difference? Okay, let's just go ahead and get it out of the way, stating that in like 98% of your drafts this year, mm-hmm. there's going to be some re- a couple of retarded assholes in, in your draft. Someone's, someone's taking Patrick Mahomes number one overall. Oh, yeah. Okay, someone's taking Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson in the second and third round. Yeah. You need, and, and I've been, and I've been preaching this. Okay, I have uh, this last year. I didn't have a whole lot of success in fantasy. I only had, I was only in two leagues. I was in our money league, which I missed the playoffs, and then I was in a work league where I made it to the semis and I lost in the semis. But you need to be focusing your 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 draft to, the the first seven rounds you should not be targeting a quarterback you should especially in a one quarterback league patrick mahomes yes he patrick mahomes is can give you 50 points a game we also learned last year that he can also give you three straight weeks of like 10 to 15 points I mean, and that can make and break make or break you you can target a matthew stafford you can target a Dak Prescott in the seven to nine rounds. You can target a, 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 even a, a, as much as I don't like him, but I mean, the only good position really to be targeting on a bad team sometimes is the quarterback because guess what? On bad teams, they're throwing a lot. And you're I mean, scrambling for yards too. <laughs> fuck. Dude, back in 2016, the, the, the number two fucking quarter, the, the, the number two fantasy quarterback was Jameis Winston. Yeah. He threw for over 5,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns. He also had 30 interceptions. Very impressive. That was a fantastic season. So, all right, I still need a name. Who is the one guy you want, you think people should draft? And I'm torn between two guys. I'm really torn between two guys, but I, I'm going to, Give me your two. I'll pick the one out of the two I think they should go with. All right. So I already know which way I'm leaning, but here, here, here they are. Um, this guy uh, has got an ADP in the 30s, um, so you can get him um, somewhere in late third, early fourth rounds uh, in most leagues, and that's Josh Allen. 
And, oh sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah um just the the sheer volume of red like what he does in the red zone compared to what most 95 percent of the league does in the red zone is statistically uh, unachievable like he can run the ball in he can throw the ball in he's never turned it over in the red zone and he just he is going to get you points whenever he gets in the red zone the bills move the ball pretty well they get in the red zone a lot the downside it's going to cost you a probably a third or fourth round pick. Yes. In the fifth or sixth round, going by ADP here, you can find Dak Prescott, who is going to be one of a huge. I mean, okay, we know the Dallas Cowboys defense is trash. And I can tell you right now, in the five weeks he played last year, he was the number one, the number one fantasy yep. player in, in the entire yep. league. And he simply put, is going to have to throw for his life. Um, and as much as they want to talk about getting Zeke involved and getting Zeke the ball, and I would love that because I'm going to probably have him as a keeper in my league, Dak is going to be the difference maker there. And he's got CeeDee Lamb coming up as a true number one option who's probably going to overtake Amari Cooper as a number one option there in that offense. Um, and, yeah, he, with the quality of talent he has uh, and his all-in getting healthy again, yeah. Um, uh, and I'm leaning – well, you tell me where you're leaning between those two guys. Depending uh- – Depending on where you go with your one and two picks, mm-hmm. if you can snag an RB1 and, and a wide receiver one with your first two picks, go after Josh Allen. Especially if one of those guys that you snag is a guy named Stefan Diggs. Yeah. 100%. If the cards don't fall in your fucking favor and you need to start, you need to start building your roster around depth instead of big names. Mm-hmm. Then I would advise throw caution a little bit. Go ahead, grab a Dak, or I mean, even that. If not, wait till those seven, eight, nine rounds and and grab you a, a, a Stafford. Well, I actually, you know what? I don't think Stafford's going to last that long. <laughs> I really, oh, I really I don't. Ready for that? <laughs> huh? I wasn't ready for you to just just be like Stafford. Hell, maybe not. <laughs> I know, no, because Stafford's his stigma. So for so many years in fantasy drafts is because he played for Detroit. Right now he has he his entire time in Detroit he had one elite option, and then that elite option retired, and now he gets he gets Cooper Cup he gets. Uh, Robert Woods, he gets T, uh, not T, I don't know why the fuck I was going to say T Higgins. Um, I think Gerald, no, Gerald Everett went to the fucking Seahawks. Mind you, Stafford's going to be a great, <laughs> he's going to be a, a good top 10 fantasy option as long as he's healthy <sighs> on to the next. I think that if you are drafting and you miss out on the quarterbacks you're targeting, in the first six, seven rounds, Matthew Stafford is one of your best fallback options. Uh, that you can find. Yep. That is how you salvage your team to keep it uh, championship worthy. Um, I think if you can pick up Stefan Diggs in the second round, um, Josh Allen has to be taken in the third. And I think that if you don't get that, um, then you get, uh, get CD Lamb in the fourth and take Dak in the fifth. I, I agree. Those are 100%. Solid, solid draft strategies there. Um, we really shouldn't be like this forward about it. Cause like we're drafting against each other here in two days, but you know, Hey, you know what? <laughs> it is that. what it is, man. <laughs> so, 
So let's go to let's go to the running back position. Um, all right, now a, a lot of these, like I would say, probably the top eight to ten quarterbacks or running backs are going to be off the board um, by the twentieth pick in the draft. So hopefully you've already picked yourself up at least one. So who who's the next guy that they should get? This is probably going to be uh, you guys are looking at for RB two, like you know your top tier RB two guys. Uh, who, who you got that's going to make the difference this year? So I've got I've got two. Okay. Um, one whose ADP, especially after a, a recent injury, his ADP is now in the third round, which it should be after the season he had last year. And then the next ADP is in the fourth round. But this is assuming you grab someone in the first two rounds to be your RB1, and you're depending on this guy to be your RB2. Mm-hmm. My first guy would be James Robinson. James Robinson, his AD, after I, I can't pronounce his name, um, Antian, whatever the, the, the back they drafted out of fucking Clemson. He's out. He's out for the entire season. Well, now James Robinson falls back into that fold. And James Robinson on a really, really, really bad fucking Jaguars team last year had over a thousand yards. I, th- I think it's but a gamble. Constantly losing. He managed. I mean, to run. yeah, that's it. It's a gamble to maybe expect him to do that again on a team that's got a rookie quarterback. You're probably not. This team's probably not gonna. Their win totals probably not going up. Maybe one or two more wins than what it was last year. But if you're sitting there, you have a strong RB one, you have a strong wide receiver one, and you're looking for a a good RB two, I would be willing to throw. Uh, a flyer on James Robinson. And my second guy is if you miss out on him or you decide to go wide receiver again in the third round, we talked about it earlier. Who's going to be the guy in Miami? If you're going to hedge your bets, it's got to be Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Miles Gaskin was productive. Someone's got to take those carries. Right. Miles Gaskin was productive in his limited time last year as the RB1. Just splitting time between him, uh, Jordan fucking Howard was there last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Brietta was there last year. Uh, and uh, they had, um, oh man, this guy's on my fantasy team. Ahmad Brooks. Ahmad. Or no, not Ahmad oh, Brooks. He was a linebacker, but it's it's something Ahmad. Right, yeah. I, I, yeah, I remember, yeah. Um, he, he, I, had, I picked him up on the waiver wire, and he actually yeah. turned out a great game. He, his, his ADP right now, and I think it's a little bit of – we see it every single year, man. Like, the tides are turning. A couple of, like, running back, like, top-tier running back, if it, like, if efficiency that you're looking for is, is growing thin, much like how we watch the tight end position grow really thin about four or five years ago. Now you can grab wide receivers in the seventh and eighth round and get wide receiver two production. I think if you're going to take a stab and you you're, you're looking for RB two production and you're kind of out of options because after, I mean, if miles Gaston is the top guy on your board, Robinson's or uh, Montgomery's gone. Robinson's gone. Like Gaskins is your best choice. 
And I mean, really at that point, it's probably going to become, it's going to come down to between miles Gaskin and Raheem Mostert. I would take my stab on miles Gaskin because there's not so many people crowding his backfield. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, I agree with your choice there. James Robinson is, is definitely worth a get. Um, I mean, he really was churning in true RB1 numbers uh, last year. Um, you, you just can't ignore that. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look later in, into the draft now. Let's say that you have your RB2, you have your RB1. You know, maybe your league plays a flex uh, for, for that third RB position. Um, or maybe you just whipped out and you're not sure you that you don't like your picks. You need someone that can fill in uh, a sleeper, a deep, deep sleeper that I like a lot this year is Philip Lindsay in Houston. I mean, he's he's won the starting spot there. It's there's going to be a team that's going to run the ball when he gets that late in that late in the draft, round ten, round eleven. That's where his ADP is going. You're not going to find many more running backs. that are going to have the volume he's going to have. I mean. David Johnson's still there. I dude, I I don't want any fucking part of the Houston Texans in fantasy whatsoever. Really? Like, I, I would take Philip Lindsay 10 10th, 11th round. He's still there. That, I mean, sure. Th- I that late in the draft. For his ADP right now, that's where he's going. That late in the draft, sure, but that that from f- the front office to their brand new head coach who nobody knows who the fuck he is. Mm-hmm. Plus you don't know who your starting quarterback is. Like it, dude, I want no fucking part of that team. Yeah. They're going to be none. Going to be a really rough year for the Texans. Really rough year. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Um, now I already talked about doing like a, a fourth round civilian, fifth round. Uh, Dak Prescott, but like just as a standalone wide receiver, who is the one guy you can get, um, you can for sure get, and they'll still be available in the third round or later. Oh, third? Oh, okay. All right. ADP 20 if, or later, right? Yeah. So who's I mean, well, if we're going off ADP, Keenan Allen's going ADP 32. I got two guys. Uh, that's one of them. McLaurin's going that's ADP 29. That's but I, I, I want to go a little bit deeper in, in, into some guys, two, two people who, one, primed for a breakout year, two, who people are going to fucking sleep on but could be that make or break towards the end of the year. Okay. Number one, ADP. His ADP right now is 46. Okay. Brandon Ayuk who I know you're high on, you're keeping him in our money league. Yeah, this is my ninth round pick. And that, and that is a great keeper right yeah. there. Yeah. Brandon IU, while had some health issues last year, with just like everybody fucking else on the 49ers. Because he only missed like half a season or less, like – he was he was really he was a healthy rider. <laughs> he was he was the what like in his when he played he 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 was drawing comparisons to like a smaller Julio Jones right. and like with his wingspan I absolutely fucking see that because he has the same wingspan coming out of like when he came out of college like his wingspan was the same as Calvin Johnson even though being like six inches shorter. I mean. Yeah, that's that, that is impressive. And um, 
you, you also, Ayuk, the thing about him is he was a wide receiver 15 overall last year. Wide receiver 15 yeah. overall in weeks four through 16. That's that's a long stretch of season. Why we're saying four through 16 is because, like you mentioned, he had some injury issues going on early on, so he didn't get a play right away. Yeah. Um, but once he was playing, he was in. He was um, one of the most consistent producers in the league, albeit the one one caveat here, right? The one the one risk, and this is why, you know, I don't like – this is why his ADP is a little higher up is – there's one, there's going to be more, there's going to be more threats coming your way. And two, uh, there's going to be, um, his efficiency was really high last year. That's going to be tough to, tough to replicate. So here's the thing though, when it comes to Iuke, okay. Not even just him, but when you're looking at the 49ers, their, their offense as a whole, they're obviously Kyle Shanahan mirrors the Mike Shanahan way. We run the ball fucking first. Okay, well, guess what? Ayuk gets a couple of fucking rushes a game too, just like Debo Samuel. Every insider, every single, anybody important in the NFL, turn around, they look, and they look at the wide receiving core that the 49ers have. Some people would look and be like, oh, well, Debo Samuel is number one. Nope. Every Ayuk is the number one going into this season. I think so. Ayuk and Ayuk is going to be thrown into those passing roles, just like Julio Jones was back in 2015 and 16, where he had his best statistical years as a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Had over in those two years, had over 3,500 yards combined. He had like 20 something touchdowns. He was f- by far and away the best wide receiver, not just in fantasy, but just in football and fucking general. Mm-hmm. Shanahan finally got his number one. Now he doesn't have the size of Julio Jones, but he's quick. He has great hands, runs great routes. If you're snagging him in the fourth and fifth round, I think, and or you're keeping him in the ninth like some mustached twat like I'm looking at <laughs> who's probably going to use him as a fucking flex. Yeah. Like yeah, he's my flex guy for sure. You're, you're very well off, but there's one other name. There's one other name I will throw out. Um, his ADP is 83. So at it's coming at the tail end of the seventh round, beginning of the eighth round. And as much as, we like to talk down about him. It's Michael Thomas. I mean, at that value, yeah. Like, he, it, he's the, one of the most targeted receivers it, in the game. If you're talking about trying to pad your roster and you're looking for, like, like even if, especially if you go running back heavy in the early rounds and you, your wide receiver, even especially in non PPR and you turn around, you go, my wide receiving options aren't great. And you're in the seventh and eighth round and Michael Thomas is sitting there. Yeah. He's going to miss anywhere from four to the, the first four to eight weeks of the season. Right. That can be, but he comes back and he's your wide. He gets, he is wide receiver one production just off of targets alone. Exactly. He's a volume monster. You you get that type of fucking production and that type of volume in the eighth to tenth round. That, that that's a fucking steal in the draft. So I would advise some. I would advise some of you who are, and I'm one of them. 
who are completely down on Michael Thomas. Like, oh, especially after last year where he could not stay healthy to save his motherfucking life. If he's there in those eighth to 10th and your wide receiver core is not that great, and that's the weakness of your team, I would advise you to throw a flyer on him to see if he can't get right in the second half of the year. Absolutely. I'm going to give you guys one more name. One more name that I think is – this is a guy that is going to be – when you look at receivers, the the biggest issue is the inconsistency, right? Running backs and quarterbacks tend to consistently put up points. Uh, However – uh, receivers tend not to, right? So it's always nice. We, all, I love those high volume, high high ceiling guys. We all love them, but they're always, you know, after a certain point in the draft, they're really not there anymore. And that's usually right around the third, fourth round. So who can you still find in the fourth or fifth round that at least has a high floor that can give you some level of consistency throughout your receiving court? And that's Robert Woods. Uh, Robert Woods is uh, has always been, um, first of all, just an incredibly useful player the the rams love to use him in a ton of gadget plays he's very high volume uh in a team that has a lot of target a lot of a lot of um offensive weapons so he even then he's still able to get a very high share of that offense and you throw in a matthew stafford and i'm gonna go ahead and say cooper cup as well like if you can get either one of those guys in the fifth round that is a very solid addition um to what you got going on to your receiving core so i would take those guys as wide receiver twos any day of the week and those are the kind of guys that have the the production uh consistency and the the floor that can get you through some rough weeks yeah 100 percent. and it's really yeah, like it's a toss-up between robert woods cooper cup who's going to be the fucking guy because it seems to flip every every other fucking week even though like Robert Woods is the guy in the Rams offense who gets those versatile like opportunities in the offense where he's getting carries and he should. And, uh, but I think, especially, especially with the injury to Cam Akers, even though the Rams traded for um, Sony Michelle, mm-hmm. so they got a guy, but Sony Michelle's had injury problems. Mm-hmm. Most of his fucking career, even when he, when he was with New England. Mm-hmm. I think this is a team that's going to be throwing the ball a lot, working a lot off the of play action. I would probably invest a little bit more towards Cooper Cup than Robert Woods. Gotcha. Well, I mean, I, I lean towards Robert Woods, but it's, uh, you know, either at the end of the day, if, if those are your, uh, one of those guys is your fifth round selection, um, you just added a very useful and solid receiver to your team. And absolutely I'm yeah you're, you, gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be fine if if you got either one of them in the fifth round yeah absolutely so um we got to look now at the tight end position which i mean obviously you know travis kelsey isn't gonna be there um nope. in this scenario in this scenario let's say that every tight end not named travis kelsey is there because i even think even um kittle from the niners is is, is adp's Somewhere around the twenties, is it not? It's yeah, it's yeah. end of the second round, beginning of the third round for Kittle. Um. So okay, well, I mean, let's just go ahead and say that neither of those guys are there. All right, let's just say that those guys are off the board. Um. We we all know that if either of those guys are available in the starter third round, you fucking take Um. So after those two guys, who's going to be the tight end that isn't going to stink up your lineup? Throw Darren Waller out of this conversation too, because that dude, that dude cemented himself into elite company this last year. 
Absolutely. Um, you, you, you and I talked about this a couple of nights ago. Um, I truly do believe, and it's not, it's not because I, I don't think it's not deserving or I don't think he's elite talent. I think he doesn't have a fucking choice because he's going to be the only receiving option. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all in on TJ Hawkinson this year. Yeah. All in. I think you, you look at, you look at what Detroit did. Okay. Trade away Matt Stafford. All right. We're not re-signing Kenny Galladay. Marvin Jones is gone. Uh, Whoever the third guy behind him was, he's also gone. The only guy who's left in that receiving core is TJ Hawkinson. Mm -hmm. And I get it. TJ Hawkinson's had some injury fucking history. He's had some problems. I get it. But if, if I have to pick out of the group of tight ends who could make that next jump, which is a small group, You've got Hawkinson. I'm going to throw Mark Andrews in there. Um, Evan Ingram probably falls into that category too. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my money on Hawkinson, and I think you could probably get Hawkinson somewhere between the fourth to the fifth round. Because a lot of people, just like people slept on Stafford, yeah, they're going to look and be like, oh, he plays for Detroit. I think you could you could snag like him. A household name. Like, he's not a name that like, even people who play fantasy football like know necessarily. Well, I think I think the people the people who don't play fantasy football regularly are going to be more dangerous towards his draft cap or his draft status than those who don't because there's not that many top tier elite tight ends. Mm-hmm. So they're going to see Hawkinson. They're going to be in like the fourth or fifth round. And go, oh shit! Well, I have two wide receivers and and a running back and a quarterback. Oh, I need a tight end now, and they're not going to fucking know any better because he's going to be the top rated fucking tight end left. Mm. I see what you're saying. Um, what about Pitts out there in Atlanta? I mean, absolutely. I, his ADP is it's a little a high little, for a rookie. rookie tight end. I don't that little a lot. It's very high for rookie tenure. It's right around late fourth, early fifth. Right now is where it's going. Uh, I think last one time I looked, it was around forty nine overall. So we're, we're looking late fourth round, early fifth round. He might still be available for you. You taking him? I you don't have a tight end. I don't like rookies in general in fantasy, and it's not me being bitter. I mean, from last year, but, but okay. Okay. But I'm also the same guy who passed on Ezekiel Elliott in his rookie year in the first year. And who took him? My ex-wife. And then she later in that season burned my ass. Ha 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 ha. In more than one way. Get it? Wink, wink. (laughs) I But no, I just, I don't, I think that defense is going to struggle. I think Kyle Pitts will have a good season for tight ends, especially when it comes to just just being a rookie. Um, but I'm not burning a fourth or a fifth round pick on him. Fuck no. I can get – why would I burn a fourth or a fifth round pick on him when I can get sufficient either starting lineup, wide receiver flex depth, or is or a quarterback in that round when I could get Evan Ingram for – Almost the same production in the ninth or the tenth. I wouldn't do that. Here's what I will say: If I am 
in the fifth round, and he's still there. And I already have two solid running backs and two solid wide receivers. I would take him over what most likely is going to be available for me for quarterbacks. I mean, it's unless Dak is there. It's all subject on the league that you're drafting in, man. Because just like anybody who's listening to this right now, just like you and I know, there's retards in every fucking draft. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fact of life. So, um, you got any defenses? <laughs> you got any defenses you want to recommend? I mean, they're all, all on the board. Who's the defense to have this year? Who's the defense to have? Uh, the if you're the Colts, give me the fucking Colts. Okay, you've got yes, you have to face Derrick Henry twice a year. Okay, but you also get four games this year where you're going up against a rookie quarterback. With he has a couple nice pieces, but their defense is fucking terrible. And you, you can you can turn around and manipulate. Rookie quarterbacks into fucking mistakes, especially with a, an elite front four, like a front four like the Colts have, because mm-hmm. they were the Colts were number five in takeaways last year. Are, are you going to enlighten our our listeners on who that this quarterback is? <laughs> oh, Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, I was talking about I was talking about the Jaguars. Like I know that um, we know who they are, but not everyone listening. I, I, sorry, sorry, I was talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm talking about in con, in con, in division play. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and then and then you get the Houston Texans. Yeah. Twice, it, which probably it's kind of looking like Deshaun Watson is not going to be the guy. So the worst case scenario you have to face is Tyrod Taylor. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he's no Deshaun Watson. So no, give I, me the Colts, I, man. Yeah. Give me the fucking Colts. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I always like the Ravens defense, but man, they, 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 they got to play some good offenses and uh, that can be pretty rough. Um, so yeah, I, I gotta say the Colts gotta be the defense. I can't really think of a better a better defense. I mean, the 49ers do have some light schedule options too, as long as they stay healthy. Okay, they they like yes, they have to play Seattle twice, they have to play the Rams twice, even the Cardinals, because the Cardinals can run up the score sometimes too. But they get they got games and they also have to play the Colts. But I mean, they got games against the Texans. The Jaguars, they play the whole NFC South or AFC South. Apologies. There, there's opportunity for that. Personally, I think this would be legitimately a great year to just stream a defense every week. You got enough bad offenses. We got the, the Jets, the Jags, and the, um, the Texans. You got three teams you can really stream against consistently. Um, Le- yeah. Yeah. This would be a uh, if there was a year in the last five or six seasons to to just stream defenses. I think this would be the one. Yeah, I think Cincinnati too. That's a team. That's a team you can stream against. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Especially when Joe Burrow gets hurt again. Oh my god. Yeah. Poor guy. Because it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just it's Sac City over there. Sac City. Look at the Bengals. I put up some points, but man, yeah, that's the team to look out for. But anyway. So our next episode is going to be a special that's coming out 
on uh, Sunday and uh, August 29th. And that's going to be our live stream of us going through our actual draft. Uh, we're going to start it about a half hour before the draft, um, kind of give our insights, give our perspectives, you know, last second uh, fantasy chat, go through it. And then we'll give you guys our, our final thoughts and recollections and how it all went. So stay, stick around for that one on the next episode. And you'll be able to listen to probably, if not one, at least, at least one, if not both of us completely lose our fucking minds <laughs> at all this insider knowledge we think we have. Yeah. Just get swept right underneath us. All right. Over under how many times we say the word masturbate. Or sorry, masturbate, <laughs> roster bait. <laughs> uh, All right, well, as we say, roster bait. I know what the fuck you're not getting later tonight. That's cool. Oh, well, no, I I don't know because I mean, just off of my keepers alone, I mean, I could probably just roster bait to that. <laughs> so all I right mean, I'm, I'm everyone before we, before we finish this one off uh who who, who do you guys are keepers and they give us I get, so just a quick recap for anyone who hasn't turned this off by now <laughs> i joined dc's money league last year when we started the podcast i inherited an absolute dumpster fire of a roster as far as keepers go I got to keep Kareem Hunt as a as a thirteenth round pick. Mm-hmm. Turnaround, beginning of the, I I drafted okay, not great. Clyde Edwards Hilaire really fucked me. But then I turn around mid season when I'm still in a playoff hunt. I make a I make a trade for Devontae Adams, and then a week later I make a trade for Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams counts as a first-round pick for me. That's fine because I'm drafting at nine for a trade that I made with D.C. I get to keep Aaron Rodgers as a seventh-round pick, though, when his ADP is somewhere between four to four to six. So I'm totally cool with that. And I get to keep Kareem Hunt, who is a top-tier flex shop and the number one handcuff as far as running backs go in the NFL. I get to keep him as an 11th. Yeah. So, I, I mean, just that alone, like, if I don't make the fucking playoffs, something's wrong. Very confident. Very confident. So, I, uh, so we did make a trade, um, and I actually inherited uh, Tyler's first round six overall pick, which I then traded again so I could move up in a couple other rounds because I'm actually using my first round on my keeper for Zeke Elliott. Uh, so I'm using a 10th round pick on Zeke Elliott, which is, uh, which is good ADP value. He's going around number six right now. I got Jalen Hurts in my trade with uh, Mr. Mr. Tyler, and uh, that's going to count as a 10th round pick. And then I got Brandon Ayuk, uh, who I picked up as a free agent and will be counting as a 9th round pick. So I'm very excited about my keepers. Very good keepers. Yeah. Very good keepers this year. Very excited. I'm 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 very excited and I'm I'm I will give all credit to you because you were the one who came up with the idea to zoom and record the uh our draft process through this year. So I I it's gonna be fun. 
I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm, I, I get to, I, I get to kind of, I, I get to get dip my toe in the water tomorrow. Cause I, I have one draft tomorrow and then I have, I have a draft at, uh, I have two drafts Sunday, but I have one draft before our draft Sunday night. So I'm, We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my roster this year so far. All right. Well, still a lot of fans of football to be played and it starts on Sunday. So uh, we'll, we'll talk to you all then uh, until then everyone, this is DC signing off. Goodbye. Ladies and gentlemen, I am so happy to be back for season number two. I can't wait for not only these drafts, all your drafts please hit us up on twitter at unsportmanlike comment i don't know I, 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 <laughs> at unsport comment at unsport comment i i i thought i, I was, I was close <clears throat> i was close man look man hey i'm excited please throw all your questions at our incompetent asses please um I'm excited to be back doing this podcast with you and I cannot wait for fucking for this season to kick off in about a week and a half. Absolutely. Everyone take care. Have a wonderful day.